Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place we discuss all things USMT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian, joining me once again, my co-host, Pocayo. Adrian, Adrian, what's good, man? Hey, how's it going, dude? Out here, uh, feeling the, the pain of leg day after the gym today um, and almost trying to stay awake after those Mexico matches. Yeah. Yeah, feeling the pain of leg day and the pain of uh, two September friendlies from Mexico. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what we're here to discuss today, man. Six things we learned. Uh, Mexico versus Australia, the first match, and then Mexico versus Uzbekistan, the second match. Two matches that ended up in a tie for Mexico, 2-2 two, two, uh, versus Australia in Dallas, and then 3-3 three, three, Uzbekistan in Atlanta. Um Probably not the results uh, Mexican fans, Mexican coach, Mexican staff players were wanting, um, especially against this opposition. But uh, let's definitely get into it and um, and uh, see if there was any big takeaways. Uh, before we kind of jump into the six things we learned, kind of a quick uh, summary. Uh, the goal scorers for Mexico in the um, match against uh, Australia were Raul Jimenez and Cesar Huerta. And uh, the... Um, Goal scorers for Mexico against Uzbekistan were Raúl Jiménez Brace and the one, the only, Uriel Antuna, uh, scoring in the 80th minute there. Um, so, I mean, let's get into it, man. Where do you want to start? Uh, good, neutral, negative? What do you think? Let's start with the with the, with the good thing, right? Um, you know, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think it, it's... Uh, El Tri deserves that we deserves that we start with the good thing because um, I don't really have that many good things. So, um, all right, the one good thing that I saw in these matches is uh, something that I wasn't really expecting uh, to yeah. see anytime soon. Actually, if you go back to of previous our previous episodes, we at least I have been vouching for uh, not calling up this player anymore to just let him you know settle down and. You know, go to uh, and see, the, enjoy the sunset of his career as he, uh, <laughs> you know, tries to finish finish up uh, strong in Premier League and then find his way back to either MLS or Liga MX. And I'm talking about Raúl Jiménez, RJ9, uh, that I actually was quite surprised um, on these two matches. Um, I wasn't really thinking that he was going to be the go-to striker for uh, both occasions, um, as we expected. Santi Jimenez has started against Australia, which I think still will be the case. Um, this is the spot for Santi Jimenez to lose. Uh, and then Raul Jimenez came in and essentially saved Mexico again uh, with that penalty kick. And uh, against Uzbekistan, he started, he played the entire, the entire match, all 90 minutes. And he was very participative, man. I saw him, you know, at a great form. It's been a while since we've seen him this active on the pitch, you know, requesting passes, moving around, running to the to the edge of the pitch, playing as a winger, then facing out as a, as a, as a striker, playing as a post in the middle. Um, I, I just think this is a phase of Raul Jimenez that we had missed during Qatar. And unfortunately, after that nasty injury he suffered uh, with Wolverhampton a couple years ago. So it's nice to see him, you know, slowly but steadily getting better getting into that groove where he where he might be able to find himself or find that Raul Jimenez uh, that he was at the beginning of his career at Wolverhampton. If that is the case, then, I mean, Santi Jimenez is going to have a very tough competition 
uh, especially for the next couple of years, right? Uh, if Raul Jimenez is able to stay like this, he is definitely a contender to be taken in consideration for uh, Copa America. And it's just because I think it's just a, a, a I don't want to say a refreshing breath because he this guy is not young. He's like 31 years old. So it is it isn't like, uh, you know, we're following our own desire of having this this uh, uh, rejuvenization. No, not rejuvenization. This, uh, I guess, change of guard in, in Mexico. Right. Um, and by him playing like this. Keeping up with this level, it's difficult to make the case for, hey, you know what? You should, shouldn't be calling players above 30. You should only be calling players, you know, with a specific, you know, below 28 or whatever the the age uh, gap is. So uh, it's nice to see that, you know, he ended a streak of 1,117 minutes without scoring uh, with Mexico. That wasn't a penalty, right? Because he scored a penalty uh, on, on the first match of these two friendlies. Of, uh, of, the, of this month um, and he had a score before that with a penalty ki- uh, kick uh, during, I, I believe was maybe before Qatar I believe um, but he had he had a, he was struggling out there for a while to find his way into a play and a score like he did today against Uzbekistan which was a very cheeky goal if you ask me yeah, I mean, three goals in two games, one as a sub, uh, one game, you know, coming on as a sub. Uh, good good window for him. Uh, we've seen him kind of get rejuvenated from since, ever since his transfer to Fulham, kind of get a, a second stint or, a, you know, second uh, wake-up call, right, in his win. career. Uh, second win, yeah, that could maybe, um, you, you said, rejuvenate his, his career here. And it's good for Mexico, for sure. Um, Mexico, had, for the last, I don't know, 10 years, maybe they've had just like 15 years, maybe one striker that's always, yeah, or usually in their prime, right? If it's Carlos Vela, Chicharito was mm-hmm. not playing so well. If it was Chicharito, uh, they didn't have anybody else at the time. Um, so if Mexico can get into the point where they have two strikers that are at a high level, I mean, that'd be good for them, obviously, and, and uh, good for, yeah. for La Selección. Um, so cool, man. Uh, so that was one of the good things we learned here. Um, I know we kind of discussed that a neutral, something that uh, maybe not all the pundits, all the media are going to think is a neutral. They'll probably think it's a bad thing, right? But um, mm-hmm. you, you you tend to see that these overall outcomes of these two friendlies, not necessarily a bad thing, not not a good thing, two ties. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think. Uh, there, there's there's a lot they could learn here and a lot that uh that you know Jimmy Lozano could kind of take away from this right I mean giving um, debuts to a, a, a couple of players calling in new players that he hasn't before um, and you know you playing uh, formations that he hasn't before um, so I think uh, it was more neutral to the outcomes than than negative I'd say right yeah no I totally agree with you I I don't see as you said like um this isn't this isn't i don't i don't really think this is a bad situation for mexico nor it is a good thing right it is just what it is um i i think we all have to acknowledge the fact that jimmy lozano is going to take some time for him to you know finally settle down um and start moving his pieces around starting to starting to do what he needs to do to achieve or to get that squad that he needs to make uh his vision of game style on the pitch happen 
Um, I, I, am ha I am glad to see new faces like El Chino Huerta and Jordi Cortizo. I think these are two players that if they keep up the good work in Liga MX, um, we shall see him. Well, at least we shall see Chino Huerta hopefully moving along to a, a bigger team. Uh, or, or maybe not a bigger team, but maybe uh, you know, to a team in Europe and Jordi Cortizo keep on being the go-to player for Monterrey. Um, I think it's also clear or safe to say that Chiquito Sanchez, Eric Sanchez, needs needs to start on both matches. Whenever he, uh, you know, uh, jump on the pitch, you saw a significant change in the in El Tri's midfield. So I think it's it's time for Jimmy Lozano to start realizing that if he really wants to have that dynamism on the pitch, he needs to start putting players like El Chiquito Sanchez that can go up, you know, up and down the pitch. And they are, you know, he's small, but he can jump, he can shoot. He's not afraid of, you know, putting his body on the line for the team. So I, that's what I think. This, is, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? This, uh, Jim Lozano is spending the time that he needs to just essentially have, have, the, or, um, ha have the perspective that he's looking for. Because if, if we want him to be, you know, if we want El Tri to demolish all of the, all of the freaking opposition that they face, during during Jimmy Lozano's tenure, then we are not necessarily going to see that, right? We we our our, our approach is wrong. Um, it's time for us to you know take a step back, be patient with with Jimmy Lozano. We don't need to be this you know aficionado insatiable that wants every single match to be a W, um, because we have to we have to look at the other side, which is this is the first time in a long in a long time that we have seen an L three squad to be this fluid. I really find it exci exciting that El Jimmy Lozano is injecting this specific uh, DNA on the players where they are like, listen, hey, if, uh, if, the, if everything goes, if things get hairy, right, uh, if things get messy, we are able to, you know, move around the pieces and engage in a way that we can either catch up to the score or even turn around it and win it. So uh, I, I think uh, this is something that we should pay closer attention to and definitely give kudos to Jimmy for being uh, this, uh, I guess, not, not necessarily like a maestro for making uh, all of these changes, right? But being, or, or because of, he's, he's implementing new techniques and new styles on a very aged L3 that has been suffering from, you know, not so, not so innovative coaches. Yeah, good points, man. Um, give Jimmy time for sure. Um, he'll be his. This was his first quad, right? I mean, the first quad he called yeah. up, and um, mm -hmm. I think there was more positives than the negatives on this for sure. Um, a lot to take away from this for Jimmy. Um, speaking of uh, aging squad, one of the negatives that you know we talk about or we we have to bring up here, um, we don't really criticize him a lot uh, because he normally plays well. Uh, he's normally one of Mexico's best player, but um, he had a, these two matches weren't his greatest, um, especially that last goal that he received against Uzbekistan. Uh, we're of course talking about the one, the only man, Mochoa. Um, <laughs> how, you know, this being a negative, how, how, how does this look for Mexico at this point? You know, I mean, nobody's even in at the point to be able to step up in man, Mochoa's place. And, uh, you know, when he has stinkers like this, um, you know, received five goals in two games. Again, not entirely his fault. The defense was lacking as well. We'll we'll get to that. But um, you know, how 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 much is this his fault? And uh, 
you know, how how does Mexico go from here, man? Yeah, this is a tough one, dude, because uh, I don't think we can safely say there is a replacement for Mochoa, you know, in the near or even, you know, midterm future, right? Uh, Luis Malagón hasn't, hasn't uh, I guess, made the hasn't necessarily break into America as the, you know, solid uh, keeper that they're looking for. Uh, Carlos, Carlos Acevedo is essentially injured and uh, the likes of Tony Rodriguez and the rest of the keepers that are available aren't a solution for the long term, right? All of these might be, you know, band-aids that you can probably rely on, but how good or how much benefit you will get out of them, it's still a, a huge doubt. Um, I do want to say that this is one of the situations where, you know, we don't really give praise to Memo Choa because, because of his age, he's still playing at a competitive level and a competitive, competitive league. We gave him a lot of kudos when he decided to go to Salernitana and not stay in America or go to MLS, which is great. But I think on these two matches, we have, or we, we got a good glimpse on, you know, his age. And what I mean is this is, at least for me, this is was this this was very apparent that his age is starting to take a toll on him, and I mean this in the in the most respectful way, right? I don't I don't think he's a bad keeper. All I'm saying is, I think we we are about to start witnessing his uh, decline, just because of you know natural things or natural state of of him just getting older. Right? If you if you look at all of the goals, um, we all know that Memo Choa struggles significantly with uh, covering his first post. So against Australia, that was a, you know, go-to target for the Australian uh, players during set pieces. That's what, how the first goal came uh, came to fruition. Against Uzbekistan, the last goal, I mean, it's, it's all on him, man. Uh, poor positioning, poor reaction. And this is, this is these are just signs of him just getting older and being unable to have those reflexes in, you know, as sharp as they used to be, right? Um, it's, it's, it's a tough one, dude. I, I honestly think that he gets a lot of criticism from the media, that it's totally uncalled for, unwarranted. Uh, but this time around, it's it's going to be hard for me to, you know, stand up for him and say like, hey, well, actually, yes, I know that he has efficiencies, but he's the best keeper that we have around. I think these two matches have proven that we should maybe start looking into a, you know, facing out of Mochoa, maybe not for the next year, but definitely for 2025 and maybe hoping to find someone for 2026. Um, and just bonus, throw a chat in here, man. That guy needs to go. Like He's done. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know why they call him up. I hope they don't call him up again. He sucked bad yeah. against Australia, and I'm so glad he didn't play against Uzbekistan. He needs yeah, to go. I think, I think we can safely say that uh, he did himself no favors to be called up again by Jimmy. Um, this was probably his one and only chance after having a – a decent uh, summer um, with Dynamo and um, yeah. there in the Leagues Cup and, you know, with MLS. But, uh, yeah, he, he he looked way beyond his prime. Um, Horrible. That needs us another, another negative here that kind of ties in with this. Uh, like we said, Memo Choa wasn't entirely at fault for all the goals. There were a couple that were his fault. But um, I think uh, El Tri's defense uh, really, really, really misses yeah. Cesar Montes in every match he doesn't oh. play. And mm-hmm. um, there were just too many mistakes that uh, you know you expect from players of these cal- of this caliber to not be making. Um, 
Do you want to kind of go into this a little bit more for us? Yeah, no, man. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. It, it really baffles me how much Cesar Montes is needed for, I mean, well, how much El Tri needs Cesar Montes, right? Um, it, it is like it's a day and night kind of situation where if it's on the pitch, the defense, act, the defense acts, you know, a specific way. And whenever he's not, they just lose their mind completely. Um, to me, it's like, Sepulveda, it's a good prospect for Liga MX, but I think he this was his one and only shot to prove that he's a, a good contender for for the for I guess at least to be a, like a, a like a fallback uh, center back for, for for the team. But I think after these two matches, uh, I'll I think Jim Lozano will be crazy to call him up again uh, to have like a second to be like a second string center back. Uh, it isn't like Mexico doesn't have any additional or other center backs to call up. Like you have Victor Guzman, who it's, it's, it's in really decent shape, but he didn't get called up because he's playing with the under 23s. So there's options out there that Jimmy Lozano can actually choose from. And even right now with his roster, he can, he could have just, uh, moved Sepulveda and play, um, Jesus Angulo as a center back. So there's options out there, but none of them are at the same level as Cesar Montes is. Right, Cesar Montes understands El Tri. He's he's compatible with Johan Vasquez. So every single time he's not there, I think we're in for a you know showdown of Mexico just getting a ton of goals. And granted, having Cesar Montes doesn't guarantee they're gonna they're gonna you know keep the a clean sheet or they're gonna perform better defensively speaking. I think Mexico's gonna suffer with Jimmy no matter what. But not having Montes is definitely a red flag. For this team yeah he definitely adds that um that calmness uh he's really good on the ball he's really good at distributing from the back and uh he's really good at um you know when set pieces he's a tall guy aerial threat mm-hmm. um yeah. so he, yeah he definitely missed and uh just uh, a lot of a lot of really childish mistakes i think you how you put it um in this defensive yeah. uh um showing from these two matches um i don't know if it was just because they were friendlies or what, or like you said, it could be just down to, you know, not having Cesar Montes there. You, you, you kind of feel that you lack the uh, stability um, and you get nervous, I guess. Um, people not taking advantage of playing Spulmeda. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, not a, a great showing for the defense for Mexico. Um, <laughs> let's move on to neutral here, man, because I think we kind of went through all of our positives are one positive in both matches Mexico looked like it was always in a reactive mode absorbing attack um, it, they dominated possession in both games but um, they, they, they they did kind of shelter down and kind of were in reactive where they just possessed the ball but not really doing much with it um, mm-hmm. but uh, this could have been a you know a formation, right? That uh, it's not entirely negative. This could have been a way that uh, Jimmy chose to play. Um, able, it shows that Mexico is able to adapt and change the game strategy. Uh, you know, they, 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 although they showed that they were unable to finalize key plays, um, there was also, you know, okay, we dominated possession. We we didn't let the team have control of the ball. We had control of the ball. Um, so where they lacked in some areas going forward, they were better in some areas in the midfield, uh, you know, kind of just neutral all around, uh, you know, formation wise. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at uh, against Australia, as we predicted, he started with a four, four, three, 
with Uzbekistan, he started with a 4-2-3-1, four, uh, four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that shows that, you know, he's able to uh, mold the team according to the opposition and then shift things around whenever, uh, depending on the situation that he's facing, right? Um, I think this is a neutral because, as you, as you clearly said, uh, it shows that, you know, that they are able to, you know, be resilient on the, on the, on the match. But what I see as a counter for that, right, it's a, we have, we, on these two matches, we saw Mexico, you know, going under or uh, losing for long periods of time during the match. And they have that reactiveness that we want. You know, they have that fighting spirit. But what makes me, you know, the thing that makes me wonder is what's going to happen when Mexico goes, you know, ahead during a match, right? We know that they can react to, you know, uh, losing scores, but will they be able to capitalize on that, you know, uh, on going ahead during the match? Or will they choke and then just essentially, you know, uh, go down and lose the match entirely? So that's one. That's the only that, that's the only reason why I say it's, it's, uh, it's a neutral, because even though, you know, they, they show grit and they were able to, you know, uh, rally and, and turn things around, uh, it, it leaves him with a lot of doubts in terms of will they be able to handle the pressure if they are, you know, the, uh, I guess, if, if they show up to a match and all of a sudden they're winning 2-0, you know? Can they hold on to that lead? Or yeah, can they exactly. show grit and react to a um, being down 2-0 or 1-0 against greater opposition? Right. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Because they were able to react back against these two teams, but what if they're pinned down against an England or a uh, France or something? Can they come back and react that way? Um, yeah. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. We'll see. Um, a question that we might get an answer during the October friendlies. Yeah, that's true. They will be yeah. facing better opposition in the October friendlies. Um, the last point here, uh, uh, kind of a negative to close it up, unfortunately. Um, not really breaking news, something that Mexico has always struggled with, uh, at least for the last, I don't know, 20 years. Um, defending set pieces. Um, Oof, yeah. That's a- you know, this yeah. time uh, it looks like they also struggled, uh, you know, when they were countered. Um, mm-hmm. how, how does Jimmy fix this? And, uh, you know, obviously this is a negative for the, for these matches, but uh, like the second goal for Uzbekistan, um you know, just how do, how do you fix this moving forward, man? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, he, he, look, um, I, I think Jimmy has to, you know, make the decision whether or not he really wants to spend time and fixing this problem or going, you know, pedal to the metal and saying like, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to focus in on attacking as much as I can and score as much as I can. And, you know, essentially hope that, uh, the, the opposition, shows up you know or uh shows up with, with or has a bad luck right a bad luck day a, a unlucky day i guess um because it's, it's gonna be just a uh it's gonna be a mess i think i don't think jimmy is gonna be capable of fixing this problem just because this is not a club so he doesn't see the players every week to work on those set pieces on how to defend them right on how to prepare for them so my suggestion would be maybe getting uh, or getting in touch with the coaches at the club level and asking them, hey, can you throw in some additional defending drills 
for Cesar Montes, for Johan Vasquez, for Victor Guzman, for all of these defenders, so they get used to it, right? So when they come back and train with El Tri, they are able to uh, take advantage of those uh, additional training sessions that they'll be taking. But this is not an easy, uh, there, there's no easy solution for this. This is a big challenge that he's going to embark on. Um, and then on top of that is, today we saw that they also might continue to struggle when you know running towards their goal. So whenever they get encountered quickly, uh, or at least if they show to be faster than uh, you know the, the wingers, or I guess not the wingers, but the left back and the right back, uh, Mexico's going to suffer a lot and you know significantly. So this is something that I think Jimmy Lozano can for sure improve on by just making a few player changes. Uh, but the biggest question is, will he be able to put an end to that, you know, unlucky streak of getting scored with set pieces, right? And on top of that, it's also a, uh, I guess, just bi biologically speaking, Mexicans are not that tall. So we're bound to suffer with set pieces <laughs> if we face tall opposition. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, we'll like you said, we'll see how they do against taller, faster opposition in the October friendlies when they play Ghana and uh, Germany. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So those will definitely be true tests for Mexico and uh, be interesting to see how Jimmy builds his squad for those matches and reacts for those matches, having learned um, what he did from these two two matches here, man. Adrian, uh, the summer, uh, summer, the September friendlies for Mexico have closed. I finally came to close. Um, yeah, uh, go go to sleep, man. Uh, I know those were kind of already putting you to sleep. But um, <laughs> as we wrap up here, brother, uh, where can our listeners find us? They can always find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. <laughs> Last but not least, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Puro Pinchebol. We post stuff every now and then. Yeah, be sure to let us know in the comments what did you guys take away from these games from Mexico. Um, were you guys as impressed with RJ9 as we were? Uh, and uh, how did you think Jimmy fared his first, uh, you know, Convocados, his first uh, team roster, official roster he called up? Um, any changes you would make going forward against uh, Germany and Ghana for the next month's friendlies? We'd definitely like to know from you guys there in the comments. Um, so, yeah, Adrian, man, it's been another good one with you, brother. Uh, a lot to learn this these two matches, so... Uh, Good to, good to go through it and uh, kind of just see what we learned, right? So uh, I'll see you in the next one, man. Take it easy, boy. See ya.